Thank you for joining us, Alice. You are the first one, so it's the baptism into this new era of Earth Matters. The very first article that we wrote was all about talking to different generations and engaging with different generations about sustainability and what it means to them and how we can all change. So we're very happy to have you here to talk to us as first and foremost as Ellis. And secondly, you also happen to be a Gen Z. So it's going to give us that perspective as well on two things. So we're going to start really wide, a really open question to begin with, just to get us in the mood. In a nutshell, what does sustainability mean to you? Sustainability to me is the most important problem that we face as the, the world as a whole. I think we've got to a point now where we're at the peak of our powers and we just need to really change our behaviours. Obviously, a lot of things have come out recently. I think our mentality is starting to change. We are thinking about it a lot more. We know what the problems are, but there's obviously, we've got a long way to go and it's a very important couple of decades coming up to solve this issue. It's also, I think a lot of people sustain a bit and they think it's just environmental, but it's a lot of things. It's environment, it's the economy. It's not just us solving it. We've got to solve poverty out first as well. We can't have countries that are poor because they can have higher priorities. The West is, we use the most energy more than any of those poor countries, but we just need to work it as a whole. It's really interesting what you said about how sustainability isn't just about environment, because a lot of people think it is, and how it's about social and ending poverty and how in the West we want to do more. Do you, so do you think we are doing enough to be sustainable? Do you think people around you are? What do you think we can do more? I guess I can start politically in terms of the country. What has been probably really frustrating is our focus has been so on things like Brexit that kind of things like environment should be the forefront, but it hasn't been because of things we've had. Things like the coronavirus, no one could plan for that, but there's been a lot of things that have kind of pushed to the side. Obviously with Donald Trump, that's been an absolute disaster just tearing up the book, just things that were really good that he's just completely torn up. Thankfully, he's now not got a second term because I think if he had a second term, it'd be a disaster. In terms of me personally, I could do a lot more. I'm not perfect. There's a lot of things that people do that I've seen that it's just frustrating. A lot of people are a bit naive to it and they don't take it seriously. As I said, I'm not perfect. I don't think I have the right to basically tell people what they should and shouldn't do because if you eat meat, for example... I think uh, you're a bit of a hypocrite. The biggest problem is CO2 emissions. If we recycle everything, every plastic piece that has ever been on this planet, that isn't going to stop CO2 rising, which is the thing that's going to destroy everything. But there's just simple things you can do like in your routine, like eat less. We all know this. It's nothing new. When did you first start caring about sustainability? Sort of, have you always cared about it? I think the biggest influence you have is when you're when you're a kid and as your parents. From a young age, I saw that my dad had quite a well-structured recycling system in the house. I think that's how it started. But also, when I think I think the first memory of sustainability was Al Gore's Inconvenient Truth. I remember watching that and thinking, oh, when you're young, you're so innocent. You think, oh, the world's perfect. There's no problems. And when you watch that, and it was just like, oh, right, we're in a bit of trouble here. We need to really fuck our ideas up. So I think that's, that's when I started to care about it. And obviously, Blue Planet, first series in 2002 just seeing the world as it is and just seeing it the problems that we we brought to it that's when you start to care when you're learning about sustainability you're obviously like quite passionate about it you know about it do you follow any social media accounts learn about this where do you get your information from about how to like sort of live your best sustainable life there was one time i was looking at the wwf website they're pretty good and they've got some Good ways of just tips how to like improve your life, whether it's what product you buy from the supermarket, how you go to work, things like that. Again, I read something that Greenpeace did. 
they did something very similar as well. So it's things like that. In terms of following people, there's not really many that I think could think of. I think he's gone now already, but David Attenborough, when he was, he came onto Instagram, I did follow him. And obviously I like to listen to his messages to the world. I think they're really positive and really beneficial. I think David Attenborough or, or, or Greta, they're all figures that people rally around, around this issue. They often are the focal point for a lot of activism on sustainability and protests. And in terms of activism, we know that you've been very active even in our office. We remember a while back when you confiscated everyone's desk bins (laughs) to stop us from being lazy and just putting it there and actually getting us to get up, which is good for you anyway, to get some movement put things in the right bin Um, so we know you're very passionate about that and we're very thankful for it for sure but have you also ever joined any other protests or forms of activism or for sustainability outside of path to be honest um it is the most important thing that we need to worry about but i've I've never actually gone to a protest itself there's been plenty of things i could have had the opportunity to go and protest for since my time time in london it's been interesting few years or five years should i say since the vote but no, I haven't. I feel like I could be doing more. I could be going to these protests. I should be like joining Extinction Rebellion. You always feel like you should be doing more. But often they say like the best way to sort of protest is with your wallet or with your feet. So where you go and what you buy. And have you ever boycotted brand or ditch something that you're using because you find out that the their sustainability practices or their ethics don't align with your viewpoint? Sometimes I have. Problems we face in terms of Going towards sustainability, I must admit that changing eating habits is probably one of the most difficult ones. Personally, I love food, and to 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 then go, oh, you can't, or reduce the amount of stuff that you love. I think is is the most challenging. I have boycotted, and I still do boycott things like just like tuna brands. I think the two biggest brands of tuna, Prince's and I think it's John West. They're the worst out of any of them. They overfish. Do you know when they do massive nets across the ocean and just catch everything and kill loads? Of, they do that, I think. And I had to pick a Poland line brand over that. Maybe it's a, a Sainsbury's own brand or something. I, I do that. I think there's some packaging that like, re- that's really bad for the environment and probably avoid really plasticky brands. It's, it's, I think it's always more appealing if you see something that you can tell is more sustainable. It's very difficult to buy plastic at all. You're going to get some whenever you go to the supermarket. I think now I'm more, definitely more inclined to get veg, which has no packaging at all. So just like loose peppers or onions. And so I think habits definitely, I could be better. There's still some brands that I, I, I buy now and then, which are really bad. So I'm not perfect myself. So like things like Pringles when they're on offer, terrible, absolutely terrible, aren't they? For the environment. So again, there's, there's stuff I could, I could definitely improve on myself. But I, de- I have definitely picked, made decisions based on it. I think what you said about the tuna example is like, it really is sometimes to make the, the change kind of more feasible and easier and more appealing. It is really about finding the sustainable alternative to something that you love. That can kind of make, it sounds like that can kind of make the transition easier. Have you in this search for kind of alternatives or even new stuff that you've come across, have you come across a new sustainable brand that you really love? Like that's kind of become your favorite? It's quite tricky because I was thinking about a sustainable brand and I'm trying to think of one like when I go to the soup, like what what is a sustainable brand? And I think the one that jumps out is EcoCover, and this is why I like EcoCover is that there'll be a, if if say for example McDonald's, massive brand, went 
right, all our packaging is biodegradable. It doesn't mean they're good for the environment because they dish out millions upon millions of burgers every day that are horrendous for CO2 emissions. But EcoCover, for example, you go on the website, they're not just doing their plastic solutions. They're doing about the energy that they use. They're doing about how good the plastic is they use, the people of the company. And you, you go on the website and it's as if you forget what they are. It looks like a, a website about the environment. Because that, that's the thing. I think there's a lot of brands out there that think, oh, we've changed our plastic. We're okay now. But there's a, there's a lot that they could do based on the energy they use and how they run as a as a company. I like how you mentioned about, you know, the design of their packaging and also their website and the feeling you get when you go for it. And obviously you're a designer and you're you're very aware of this sort of thing. But as a designer, do you ever feel like responsible for like communicating or being more sustainable or trying to push brands to be more sustainable, especially in the area that we are in in packaging often get sort of a bad rap? Yeah. Well to be honest, I think again that I I must admit, I've, I see a lot of hypocrisy. Design companies um, that they will say something like a, a blog, but actually, what have they done? I think, I think, I've, I mean, I think I've been the same. Where it's like, oh, I'm a designer, so oh, like, I'm good for the world. I can, I can help the world. I can give something to it. But at the end of the day, I design packaging that ends up in the ocean. So my actual carbon footprint compared to most people is probably much larger if i was to say that hopefully in the future what if i look back and hopefully there's something that i've done i don't want to be in a meeting tomorrow where a shrink wrap design goes through to the design round because it's things like that it's, it's just ridiculous now shrink wrap should just never be on the table because that is just horrendous like it's just an absolute nightmare for recycling plants and it's just a disaster any sort of packaging that we do we need to think about how is this going to impact the environment? At the end of the day, all of it, everything we do will in some shape or form, but it's just the responsibility of it breaking down. So yeah, I think, I think, I think that's as designers. We can advise, we should definitely push forward, advise what is what we should and shouldn't use as packaging, what finishes we should use that are sustainable, because that's the biggest thing we can do, I think, more than anything, is, is, is our responsibility. No, I I really love that. I really love that idea. The sustainability is embedded in any design offer. So once you start a project, that's not a do we are do we go sustainable or not? That's like a given no matter what the outcome is. So I I really like that idea of making it like your your mantra that that is the way you design. There is no other way. No shrink wrap, no stuff that's going to end up in the ocean. That's really interesting. Thanks, Ellis. So um, that was really great chatting to you. It's really interesting to hear all your viewpoints on, on sustainability and what it means to you. But one last fun little question, I guess. So post-COVID, post-lockdown, we can go out. Who would you take to the pub for a pint and a chat to talk about the environment, social issues and sustainability? It's got to be David Ambrose. <laughs> <laughs> Who wouldn't? I know, I'm t- he's, just, he's just amazing, isn't he? And- it wouldn't even be about sustainability sometimes. Oh, just who, who you want to chat in the pub with. But he's, he's just brilliant. What pub would you take him to? So many. <laughs> I miss them so much. I miss them so much. A pub crawl then. A pub crawl with David. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love that idea. A pub crawl with David, David Attenborough. Absolute. The dream. <laughs>